You're listening to The Strength's Journey, an interview and conversation series between myself and Ramea, the creator of the Harlequin Method, which facilitates the Harlequin Experience program for self-mastery and personal transformation, and Andres Lombard, the executive coach and facilitator for the Strengths Institute in South Africa, specializing in the strengths-based approach in positive psychology. This series drills into your strengths, your beliefs, and what makes transformation possible and gives you the alternatives that you need to go beyond the outdated, boring, traditional way of thinking and doing so that you can make your life work for you and to inspire meaningful conversations which make an impact. These conversations shake the tree on conformity and encourage a new way to look at who you are and what you are made of. Here, you get to be a fly on the wall and listen to our conversation as myself and Andres explore various thought-provoking perspectives of how our minds make sense of the world that we live in. See if you can orientate yourself as we let you in on our private conversations. And I'm projecting my stuff onto you going, when are you going to see it my way? When are you going to meet my needs? When are you going to do it my way? In this episode, we continue to expose traditional relationships and the traditional thinking and the results that these create and slowly open the door to what is possible. Can, I, can we zone into something for a moment? Let's go. It seems like the difference between the projection and, as you say, for me having a radar, in other words, me picking up what you're after, picking up what your needs are, and then meeting that. Mm-hmm. That's one way. And when I talk about the common, the, the normal, or the natural, it's where the, the, most of the arguments and fights and all that kind of stuff comes from. I'm, I don't have a radar. My radar mm. is off. And all that I'm doing is I'm sitting here thinking, but you're not meeting my needs. Yeah. And for as long as a few things, first off, I'm not, I'm in the situation where I don't feel you're meeting my needs. Now I go quiet and I'm having some sort of conversation in my own head and I'm projecting my stuff onto you going, when are you going to see it my way? When are you going to meet my needs? When are you going to do it my way? And then in that moment, I go completely blind to your needs. And if both are doing this, and I'm talking about from a very common perspective, I'm mm-hmm. talking about the, you know, if you want to call it the average person. Correct. Um, and I think there's there's higher average, lower average, and different kinds of stuff. Not not to separate in the degree of, um, you know, right, wrong, good, bad, better, worse, all of that. It's it's a reality check and mm-hmm. saying, okay, let's get granular, zoom in, zoom out. My perception of this, in general terms, the the, the common relationship is... I have my own needs. I don't really know what they are. I can't put my finger on it. I can't describe it to you. Mm. I just know that nothing's getting met in me. Mm. And you suddenly need to know. Mm-hmm. Can you talk more about that? Is that it, is it beyond talent things, beyond any of the stuff, beyond any kind of talent thing, beyond a particular matrix, beyond making life a very linear process? Because I... The way I see it, the reason why mm-hmm. we keep doing what we are doing is because we want to get to a much, a much deeper level. Mm-hmm. Now the question is, if I don't have a radar, or what would make my radar not function? Am I structuring in a particular way? Because I'm, I'm exploring it in, in a particular way from if I was not clued up in this world, if I wasn't part of this world, if I'm not thinking about the stuff we're talking about now, I'm, I'm very big into relationships and very, uh, it's been a study for a very long time. And as I was saying, uh, I'm also playing the devil's advocate side of going, okay, let's provoke a question. 
because I see it very often mm. that the common person or the general person, average person, whether it's either part of their patterns or part of their non-patterns, whether I feel I'm either an includer or an excluder, it's almost, it actually doesn't matter from a particular person's point of view. I just want my stuff met. And as long as I meet someone that meets those needs, then I think now they can be my partner or I can have a relationship with them. Mm. For me personally, I think it goes much deeper than that. Mm. For me, when we start to get much more mature, much more aware, and we get clued up, and when I talk about we, I'm talking about I, me. Mm. When I'm aware of, of how I function, I'm aware of how the other person functions, I'm aware of how the whole game is played, I can play the game a lot better. Mm. And I can be part of the game and definitely a contributor to the game as opposed to just being a spectator sitting on the sidelines throwing a lot of opinion into the game mm. but not actually actively participating in the game and making an impact on it mm. and if the game is a relationship and the game is my relationship how does this actually come into play mm. from the point of as you said whether you include them exclude them so let me see if i can connect with your line of thinking there so i i really believe that um any type of engagement growth maturity starts with a decision mm -hmm. it never just starts the only type of growth etc that simply happens i think is is biological physical neurological that that grows but when we go to things of, of emotional maturity and relational maturity and social intelligence. or the, It's a decision at some point of your life. Do I want to engage in this or not? Mm -hmm. um, and when you talk about the average person, I think we've been conditioned to settle for average mm. or settle for a norm or a stereotype. Mm. And believing that's just the way it is. So let's take a relationship when you're dating someone or getting married or whatever. The adventure at the at the beginning is because it is it is a unique a uniqueness about it. It's me and you, and mm. we are on this adventure of getting to know each other. Mm. Now, for every couple that gets together, that is uh, an exciting experience, etc. And in, in, in that period of, of dating or chemistry, if you observe it, then, then love languages is, is not a factor because you play to all of them all the time. Yes. You'll give gifts. I gave my wife when we date a lot of gifts. A lot of gifts. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> and she gave me a lot of quality time, etc. Not thinking about it even. Because there's, there's an intention and, and, and there's something that you want to gain and yes. you want to discover this person so you go to totally out of your comfort for for a bigger purpose when you go into a pattern of living with someone and doing life with them and, and being in a relationship that tends to tone down and then we we search for a pattern mm -hmm. on how we're going to do this consistently every day for years and years and decades how are we going to do this because we can't keep on with this dating thing <laughs> just not practical cost no. effective or whatever so that's <laughs> what so they call the honeymoon period exactly the period will end yep so and then i believe we settle into a stereotype that we get from society and culture and wherever 
you know, uh, the hubby and the wife and whatever. And this is how men operate and that's how women operate. And that's just the way it is, you know, and all the jokes that come from mm. it, etc. Um, and the projection. And what you do get is that, and I'm sure you would have encountered this, is that you get stages where one of the two, not necessarily at the same time, will have a deeper need. And they will they will kind of poke the bear and look for it somewhere. Mm. What do I need and, and how can I get this? And then they get to a point where they kind of evaluate, is this worth it? Is it worth the effort? Yes. Is it worth the conflict? Is mm. it worth the, the uncomfortableness? And if they decide it's not worth it, they settle back and they just go back to the normal. Well, when you say it's worth the conflict, they either settle back or if it's not worth it, they just destroy the relationship. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So either you go back into the relationship or go completely out of it. Out of it, okay. But in, in that sense, uh, I think the getting back to, to the average, that, that most relationships, not only between male and female, but even between parents and kids and etc., is stereotypical. Yes. It's, it's very average. It's very mundane, actually very boring. If you look at that, it's because it's in a way predictable. It's what you do, and this is how you get feedback socially, and that's what you are and who you are and what you cope with. Yes. Okay? Um, unless one or two or both get to a point of either be confronted with something in life that happens mm -hmm. or simply just out of their own uh, willingness make a decision. I'm not settling for this. I'm not. I want more. Yes. I want to discover what that is. What, what you ask, what's this more? What is it? Um, true, some people have a radar. Um, we even have have talent. There's five talent themes within the relational sphere that we tend to call sensing talents because they so intently can sense people. Mm -hmm. And when we talk about need, especially physical need, uh, the talent of individualization is a master in this. Mm -hmm. They sense need in people and they respond to it all the time. They respond towards need. And therefore, if someone in a relationship has got a high individualization, mm -hmm. what I see as a pattern in relationships always is they reach a point where they deplete because they just function from out of giving. Responding to the need of individualization to respond to a need and to give. And when I confront a person like that and explain to them their talent and they agree, yes, that's me, yeah, 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 I just ask him, so tell me, who individualizes with you? Who responds to your need? And yes. they're like, nobody. And nobody has. So in a case, for instance, of, of, of a woman, she'll be in a lifetime of responding to the needs of the husband and the kids and society and all of that. And she starts to believe this is okay. Mm -hmm. This is normal. This comes with motherhood. This comes with being a wife. This even comes with being a female. And I'm, I, I need to be, if I'm not okay with it, I need to be need because to be okay. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm just here. If you get people that says, this is bull, no. Why? There must be more. Mm -hmm. then, you, then you get to the point of a breakthrough. And someone being willing or being ready for, 
for a breakthrough and for certain more stuff to then happen is essential. Okay. And we're actually touching now on something we discussed in a previous uh, podcast. When I get in my process of coaching to a point where I see someone is on that point, yes, that's usually where I refer them to your process, to breakthrough. Okay. So because they're ready for breakthrough. They're ready for breakthrough. And I sent them for a breakthrough. And you would know, some respond, and you will know if they come in there, there is an immense breakthrough. Because they were ready for this. They're ready and for they it. took but it took their decision mm -hmm. and the indication. There's loads of people that I also see that I will never refer to you. Because I'll be wasting their time, my time, your time. It's they're not mm -hmm. ready. Not ready for a breakthrough. They're still settling and, and whatever. So the pain button hasn't well, hasn't reached yeah. that level yet. So I don't know if I'm tracking with what you were steering at here, but but getting back, I think it's it's all about getting to a point of a decision, I either willingly or with support. Mm -hmm. People supporting you, manipulating you positively into a decision. Yes. And I love that. Look, manipulation has is, is got this ring to it that it's always a bad thing. It's got a bad rap. As Nonsense. Any anyone who listens, if you've if you've ever broke broken a bone in your body, and you went to get it into a cast or whatever, you've been manipulated. Absolutely. They manipulated back to health, hmm. and you'll be very glad the doctor did that. Well, even if you got a job, you've been manipulated. <laughs> exactly. When, when you go for a job, you're manipulating the person to give you that job. Yes. Manipulation is a good thing. Yeah. Absolutely. As you say, it's the bad, it's the bad rap behind it. Exactly. Sure. Yeah? Yes, and and how it's used. Um, and can yes. So there's another. My mind's going into another <laughs> way there now, in terms of some other concepts with manipulation. But let's let's park that for another discussion. Yes. So yeah, when we when we get back to the uh, the, the the love language and this, I think it comes back to: uh, Are you ready to to challenge your fear? To challenge your need uh, to step out and really intently do something. Now, now here's the challenge I want to throw back at you, and I think you, you get across over to this a lot more than I do out of the work you do. The challenge is when you're in a relationship as two people, yes, and the one go down the path that I've just described, yes, being ready, making the decision, stepping up, and the other one just don't, yes, no way. Mm -hmm. Not willing, no decision. I'm happy with my life. There's nothing wrong with our relationship. That kind of, okay? Absolutely. Uh, then what? Then what? So that's that's a whole different challenge that I think many people struggle with. They do struggle. I watch, from my point of view, I sit back and observe. And I observe how relationships can either thrive or they die. Um as a blanket statement, and it's something to wrestle with right from the beginning, it's something I've looked at for a long time, yeah. is when you're good at relationships, whatever that means, mm. you can effectively have a relationship with anybody. And that doesn't matter about five love languages or how many love languages there are, or your patterns, your talents, your philosophy, anything. Because when you get good at relationships and probably we could spend more than just the podcast probably a whole season on what that means yeah. what does it mean to be good at relationships it doesn't necessarily mean that i just simply meet all your needs yeah. no 
knowing or getting good at a relationship, same as being a black belt, it's knowing when to apply what, when not to accept what the person says. Mm. You know, we listen to a child will hear 100% of what they're interested in. They hear very little of what they're not interested in. And in a relationship, both people, and we're just talking about you know, a standard relationship, it doesn't matter whether you're, you know, it's male, female, or two females, or it's two males, or whatever it is, we're talking about a relationship. Mm. It just simply means I'm relating to you. When, I'm get, when I get good at relationship, I can have a relationship with anyone. Mm-hmm. Whatever that means. Sure. Now the twist in the tail for me, just because I can have a relationship with everyone, or with anyone, doesn't mean that I have to. It doesn't mean that I have to now settle because I am the one that's good at relationship. Mm. Just because I'm good at it and I can deal with it, I can manage my emotional state, my mental state, my logical state, my physical state, and I can manage that very well. And to the degree that I can manage yours. Mm. Uh, we can even say, can, do I manipulate you or, or can I be manipulated? Even if I'm good at that, and I'm exceptional at that, does it necessarily mean that I need to allow you to just be whatever you want to be in the sense that if all of your, and let's just relate it back to the way of, if all of your talent themes are mismanaged, mm-hmm. if you are a complete life suck, you know, <laughs> if, you're, if you're a destructive person, yeah. um, well, let me put it like this, your behavior is completely destructive because mm-hmm. you're not necessarily a destructive person. Your behavior and who you are are two different things. Can I look past your behavior and see you for who you are? The only thing is every now and again that who you are only shows up from time to time. And now I'm sitting there on a wish and a whim, wishing and waiting and hoping that you will show up. Mm. And in that moment, suddenly I have this massive hit of going, it's worth it. Just because I'm good at relationships doesn't mean I have to have a relationship with you or with anyone else. Same thing with family. Just because we are related by blood and people say, well, you know, this is my relation. These are my relations. These are my relatives. Well, in many ways it is relative. Just because I share DNA with someone doesn't mean that I need to have a relationship with them. And I find that that's a very difficult thing for most um, individuals that I work with and, and, and just individuals at large because we've been absolutely ingrained that I have to be in relationship with my family, my family, and there's an important part of family. I, I heard what you said earlier about the in our close circle, our social circle, mm. our family circle. And in many ways, family is a place that we can go to. There's a safe place, there's a place we can rely on. There's friends there in that sense. And when we need support, we can say, hey, I'm having a bad time. Mm. You know, can I crash on your couch? Mm. Can I borrow 20 bucks? That mm. kind of stuff. The thing is, that becomes this net that, you know, it's like a safety net that we think we can just fall back on and just because I'm related to you, you will give me because I demand. Mm. Without looking at deeper going, is my demand that I'm making on you, is it even a responsible demand that I'm making? Am I taking responsibility for my actions and my stuff that I've just created? Mm. I've suddenly created a, a big problem here. And uh, in, in business terms, we, we talk about this idea that, you know, here is the fire that I started. You put it out for me. Yeah. And... Um, yeah. So listening to where the one gets higher up and the other one doesn't follow, or the one's trying to meet the one's needs, the other one just expects their needs to be met. 
to a degree, I don't find any of that's acceptable. On one level, I don't find it acceptable that just one person gets to know who they are. And they go into a relationship with someone who's not willing to know who they are and explore themselves. Mm. At the same time, two people that are on the path of you know, self-exploration and self-discovery and discovering who they are, what are my talent themes, how do I interplay? Just because now I've discovered that these are my talent themes and these are the things that either play out for me for uh, a, a pattern or a non-pattern, or whether it's well-managed or mismanaged, or it's mature, immature, whether it's functional or dysfunctional. The moment that there's a gravitation to this is the way that it is because of, and it's something that I point to. Okay. And it's something that I either point to, it's something that I read in a book. Yeah. It's a behavior that I can describe. It's something that's outside of me. It's my brain, it's not me. Mm. I love that one. It's the it's, devil. It's the devil, yes, it's the devil. Or it's my, it's my chemicals. I see it in myself. And I said in the individuals I work with, and I experience it for myself. I'm not, I'm not unfeeling. And I'll, I'll give an example. There are times where I wake up in the morning and I, I'm tired. I'm a little crabby, but my awareness keeps me where I know that my filters have actually started to peel away. And what happens with me mm. is more of me pushing through. And what I mean by that is mm. my natural tendency to be extremely blunt, extremely short, beyond a, a boundary yeah it's actually it still is a boundary the only thing is i'm the, the grades of scale the gray yeah is, is a lot more black and white than it is you know gray yeah and i filter a lot more when i'm when i'm energized so let's say i'm tired my filter drops a little more correct and more of me just comes through a bit because the way i see it as awareness awareness knows when you can filter who you are and what's appropriate. Absolutely. And how do I either project myself onto you like and manipulate you to meet my needs? Yeah. And um, you know, so now when I move from taking responsibility for who I am, what I am, what I do, my results, and now I shift and I go, this is the way that it is because. I'm like this because I'm tired. I'm yeah. like this because this is my talent theme. I'm like this because this is my love language. I want this because. Yeah. The moment that you push into that, it's that, that to a high degree is irrelevant. At a low degree, it's everything is relevant. To, to, at, the, at, the, at the common level, that is the way that it is because that's how they perceive that it is. Yeah. It's a massive generalization. Yeah. So what I espouse is you zoom out. That is not the reality. Mm. That might be a, a construct of definition, a construct of mm. description. It is not the reality. Mm. And it's definitely not the way that you perceive it or I perceive it. Mm. And if we're in a relationship, my number one task is not only to find what I perceive and how I see the world. Mm. If we're in a relationship and you matter to me of, in any way, how do I put my stuff down first yes. and find out for you what is important to you? Yeah. Going against my, let's say, non-pattern, it's absolutely painful. And yes, it's absolutely, it's, in the beginning, it's invisible. Yeah. And the, what I also hear is when we go into, you know, we start the dating world. When we start dating, for some reason, we are absolutely capable of everything. Oh, yeah. Sure. As you say, I mean, when you, when you meet no your wife, languages. yeah, you, you meet yeah. every love language, you meet yeah. every criteria suddenly. And that's also what gets us into the relationship. And then it's like almost like we play a different game where suddenly after we get into a a committed relationship yeah. it's like surprise you know exactly. all that stuff you loved about me it's um, <laughs> <laughs> it, 
it actually doesn't exist. I was just pretending. <coughs> and th- I mean, this is where, you know, they say fake it till you make it. Mm. You pretend. Here's a question. If you're capable of pretending to the point that the other person believes you, is it really a pretend? Stay tuned for our next episode. This episode was brought to you by Be Limitless and the Strengths Institute. For more on this topic, visit strengths.institute forward slash web and belimitless.co.za.